All right, everybody, let's, uh, let's get this show on the road. Two. Oh, that's true. Oh, wait, nope, five. Getting the show on the road. Oh, there's Dale. Ah, Dale's here. Just a reminder, for those of you in the audience, please turn off or silence your cell phones. If you wish to speak on an item on this afternoon's agenda, please come fill out a speaker form located on the dais and furnish it to staff. When you are called upon, you will have two minutes to speak. Please keep your comments to the subject being discussed and address the commission in a polite manner. We do not allow applause, cheering, or booing during county commission meetings. All right. And uh, is Commissioner Sharif, are you on the phone? If uh, Commissioner Sharif, uh, she'll let us know if she comes in. I call the January 26, 2016 public hearing of the one, two, three, four, okay, of the Broward County Board of County Commissioners to order. The public hearing for item number one is now open, which is a, an ordinance to the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to extreme well stimulation for purposes of restoration extraction. It is the fracking ordinance. Uh, we have a number of speakers on item number one. Each speaker is going to be provided with approximately two minutes to speak before the county commission. And we'll start with, and I'll call you uh, two at a time, uh, Dr. John P. Dwyer, followed by Ralph Brooks. That would be good. That would be a feat. Dr. Dwyer? Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, but am I correct in that we have two minutes? Yes, two minutes. Okay. Uh, John Dwyer, founder of the Stone Crab Alliance in Naples, Florida. We support and applaud your ordinance to prohibit well stimulation, including fracking. Thank you for using two powerful tools, zoning and land use, to protect public safety. The idea of protecting water conservation area 3B from reckless well stimulation techniques that both deplete and contaminate our water is very important. The General Accountability Office reported that where oil operations had polluted aquifers, most cannot be reclaimed because fixing the damage is too costly and technically infeasible. Meaning you can't clean up an aquifer because it only takes one incident to taint or even ruin a community's aquifer. Flint, Michigan is a case in point. Fracking is not in the public interest. We need a countywide fracking ban to protect our underground sources of drinking water. Tallahassee has betrayed us. The Richter and Rodriguez bills preempt home rule, diminish public safety, and fast-track fracking in Florida. They defend their bill saying something is better than nothing. But their bills are, are something that is far worse than nothing. They cripple local governments so that they cannot defend their citizens against the dangers of the oil industry, the traffic, the noise, the lights, the strain on local water supplies, the pollution from poisonous chemicals, the health risks, and everything else that the state does not and will not consider when issuing drilling permits. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dwyer. Uh, Ralph Brooks. Followed by Dr. Karen Dwyer, and also if I can remind the audience, uh, we appreciate your applause, but please don't do it. Uh, if you'd like to cheer for somebody, just please do the jazz hands. That uh, that does it. Um, 
After you, sir. Good afternoon. My name is Ralph Brooks. I'm an attorney, and I'm board certified in city, county, and local government law. I was assistant county attorney for Sarasota County, and I specialized in the land use litigation for Monroe County, which is the Florida Keys. I've also served as city attorney of some of our coastal barrier island cities in Florida, including Bradenton Beach and St. Pete Beach. I also represented the homeowners in Golden Gates and Preserve Our Paradise, who fought an oil well by the Dan A. Hughes Oil Company within 1,000 feet of the front door of residence. Um, this is the same Dan A. Hughes Company that fracked a well at the Hogan Oil Well um, over the holidays in 2013 and 2014. There is science supporting uh, banning fracking. New York has banned fracking. They have a GEIS. They have a New York Department of Health study um, that has found H2S, benzene, formaldehyde, BTEX, and xylene. Um, in a June 15, 2015 EPA study, they found over 151 spills in 11 states. There's an article in Environmental Science and Technology that found 20% of the wells in 13 counties in Texas were contaminated. We support this ordinance. We have one suggestion. Uh, what happened in uh, 2013 at the uh, Hogan Well was an acid stimulation. It wasn't actually fracturing of the rock. It was dissolving the rock formation around the well with acid. In order to clarify that, we'd ask that you include this extreme oil prohibition in your ordinance. You address acid fracturing. We would ask that you add the words acid stimulation. So acid fracturing, comma, acid stimulations. If you'd like to get a little more complicated and a little bit more verbose on it, I have some handouts with that language. But really all is needed is the word acid stimulation. Thank, Thank you, Mr. Brooks. Uh, we now have uh, Dr. Karen Dwyer, followed by John Bob Carlos. You are right. Now is the time to ban fracking. An ordinance would give you legal standing, and it does not constitute a take because it would not prevent industry from taking or extracting oil. They could still use conventional oil drilling, just not well stimulation that poses a threat to our water resources because of the toxic chemicals used. Your ordinance is well-timed. Legislation has failed us. The Richter and Rodriguez bills would do more harm than good. They do not represent community concerns. They do not ban fracking, restrict water use, impose setbacks, plug abandoned boreholes, or address acid stimulation, the most common form of fracking in Florida. Instead, these bills would continue to allow fracking and the non-disclosure of trade secret chemicals. Worse yet, they take away a local county's home rule right to protect itself with bans, setbacks, and traffic restrictions. We don't want the state preempting our home rule right, especially because we know drilling may strain water supplies, increase truck traffic, generate pollution, disturb residents, and create health risks. Only local government, not state standards, can address these issues. Since Tallahassee and Washington cannot help us, you are right to protect our water with a local ban. And finally, we know DEP won't protect us. They're overworked, underfunded, and crippled by laws written by and for the oil industry. A case in point is the Hogan Well. DEP was on site at the time of the unauthorized fracking to photograph the cancer-causing chemicals, but failed to stop the violation 
failed to notify the county, failed to test the water, and kept secret the violation for months during all the key federal and state hearings. DEP lacks the power to protect us, so thank you for adopting a local ban. It will give you legal standing and protect our community and water. Let us not forget that water recognizes no geographic boundaries. A threat to water anywhere is a threat to water everywhere. Thank you for protecting it. Well said, Dr. Dwyer. Uh, John Par Bob Carlos, followed by Paul Farron. Good day. My name is John Bob Carlos. Um, I wanted to start off by remembering a friend of mine that passed last year. Uh, his name was Buffalo Tiger, and he told me something that was very important. To the normal people that are not indigenous to Florida, economic is about money. When you say the word economic, it is about money and making profit. But to the indigenous folks in Florida who are the caretakers here of our land, economics means taking care of home. And that means not destroying what we have here. And that also means the legacy that we need to leave behind for the seven generations. If you haven't noticed, all the snowbirds that are here, all the people that are visiting from other parts of the world, they're here for our nature, for our water. We need to protect this. I know for some of you it might be a joke, but it's the absolute truth. I speak simply from the heart. So that is my point of view, and that's what I came here to say, and I hope to God and the breath maker that he opens your ears and that this message gets to you. The time is now to be a beacon, to set a sample to the rest of the world. Thank you. Thank you, and believe me, we take this very seriously. Uh, Paul Farron, followed by Janet Carlson. Uh, Mayor, commissioners, thank you very much for your service to our community. Uh, my name is Paul Farron. I'm the owner of the energy store in Hollywood, Florida. I'm a Hollywood resident. I'm also on the Green Team Advisory Board of Hollywood. I can't speak on behalf of that board because I did not ask their permission, but I can anecdotally tell you that um, we did pass a, uh, a, a motion supporting this ban on fracking. Uh, there's about 18 people on our board. Um, I'm here to, sp to speak in behalf of the motion to uh, ban fracking. Uh, it's just a very bad idea. It, it, we have in, in South Florida, we have a very weak <laughs> geological structure. And, and if you look you know, at the history of fracking, not only do they use unnamed chemicals, and in a lot of places they won't, they won't even allow you to, to tell you what chemicals they're using, but they also, the, the, the process itself has created earthquakes, water, uh, water table damage, and our aquifer, our, our fragile infrastructure here because of the way we are on coral, it can't take fracking. And also the... Um, the, the, the chemicals that are used can endanger our aquifer, so I'm totally against that. But I also wanted to bring up the fact that the state people, like, uh, I'm going to have to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a, 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 a political anomaly. I have, I'm ranged from very conservative on some issues to very liberal on other issues. But this Florida is a conservative state. This is a conservative issue where a state government, a large government, has no possible right to tell local governments, which are totally unique entities and have unique problems, they don't have any rights to, to tell 
people what to do, you know, to tell the local people. I mean, they're the, you should be in control of your thing, and that is a conservative point of view. Thank you. You get the jazz hands on that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We have uh, Janet Carlson followed by City Commissioner Jay Schwartz. Um, hello, my name is Janet Carlson. I'm a 40-year resident of Broward and Dade County, and I wanted to inspire um, you. I'd like to open by comparing how renewable energy has been advancing worldwide with three examples, and then compare the information with the energy profile today in the state of Florida. Germany is a is a renewable energy leader that's already getting 25% of its electricity from renewables. Denmark broke its own record in 2015 by getting almost 40% of its energy from the wind. Costa Rica is on track to become the world's first carbon-free economy with more than 90% of its electricity generated from renewable energy sources. 80% is generated by hydroelectric facilities with the balance divided across biomass, plant sugar cane refinery, geothermal, and wind. As for the cost factors, the prices of renewables is predictable and steadily declining. According to data compiled by Bloomberg New Energy Finances, global investment in clean energy increased by $310 billion in 2014, a 16% increase over the 2013 figures. According to Sandy McDonald, who is the director of the Earth System Research Lab at the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, Renewable energy could cheaply supply 48 states of the continental U.S. with 70% of its electrical demand by 2030. Are you ready for some facts about the state of Florida uh, from Florida Power and Light? Natural gas accounts for 70%, nuclear accounts for 17, purchased power accounts for 7, coal accounts for 5, oil accounts for 0.38, and Solar accounts for only 0.06% of the fuel mix. Florida happens to be one of only four states where current law expressly denies citizens and businesses the freedom to buy solar power electricity directly from someone other than a monopoly electric utility or government-owned electric utility. This barrier has kept many Floridians from being able to access clean and affordable solar energy. In closing, I'd like to say we have not gone to the effort of preserving the Florida Everglades for the oil and gas companies, but rather for a precious water reservoir for future generations. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We now have uh, Pembroke Pine City Commissioner Jay Schwartz, followed by Elijah Manley. Good afternoon, Mayor, County Commission. Um, clearly, we're here today to support your uh, efforts to protect the people, not only in Broward County, but also send a message uh, across the state. You know, 30 years ago today, the Challenger exploded. It was a national tragedy. If you think about NASA, the world's finest scientist in the world, and an accident happened, and you're telling me that the oil industry is going to try to convince us that somehow they know more than trying to put a man in space. I want to thank uh, my colleague and my, and my sister city, Miramar, Mayor Messam, being here. You know, we brought, the, we brought Broward County together uh, in August of, of last year, you know, Broward County is a leader. And I applaud each and every one of you who have taken this vote today because this is going to make the quality of life of Floridians and whatever legal battles are going to be set in the future, we're here to provide whatever support we, uh, that, that you guys need. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. 
we now have Elijah Manley, followed by uh, Mayor Miramar Mayor Wayne Messam. Well, thank you guys for having me again. I'm back. As many of you know, I'm Elijah Manley, and I've been here talking about the voting age, but that's another subject. I want to say that I fully support a ban on fracking in Broward County. It is the right thing to do. My peers agree. Um, several surveys have come out. 84% of um, young American students, notably, um, support a ban on fracking and uh, shift to clean and renewable energy. I want to give you, some, you guys some facts and public opinion. Florida has more people living less than four feet above sea level than any other U.S. state. Our own, in our own backyard, Miami, is the number one uh, threat, climate change threat area in the world. That, that, that ought to you know, make our friends up in Tallahassee you know, kind of get serious and play the game. Uh, we can shift to clean and renewable energy right now, notably solar power energy. The fact is we have a very, very, very corrupt campaign finance system in which the oil companies pour millions and millions and millions of dollars into elections throughout the United States. Some of our own friends here um, in, in the state of Florida, notably Chris Smith as well. Um, a lot of our state senators and state representatives who talk the talk, you know, I'm for the environment, they're not for the environment. Because if you, you mean to tell me that our state is going to be underwater in 30 years and you don't care? You don't care about nothing. The oil industry doesn't give a damn about the people of Florida. The only thing they care about is their money because that is the um, product of a capitalist system in this country. The product of a capitalist system is profit over people. But we need to tell them again it's people over profit because my life matters. Everyone in here's lives matter. So we can't allow these oil industries to bribe our politicians into submission and to supporting fracking. The Everglades, either we're going to take care of it or we're just going to give it back to the Native Americans. That should be the solution. Our own friends in Tallahassee is not doing anything about it, and we're sick and fed up of it. Um, we need to get with the ball game. We need to tell uh, our representatives and our senators to do that. Thank, Thank you. you, Mr. Manley. We now have uh, Miramar Mayor Wayne Messam, followed by Jill Aronson. Is Jill Aronson? Jill. There's an F there. Thank you. Uh, Mayor. Good afternoon, Mayor, County Commissioners. On behalf of the city of Miramar, I bring greetings to address you here today. Um, I'm just so happy and thrilled to see that this ordinance has come forward. Um, as, our, as my colleague, uh, Commissioner Swartz, stated earlier, um, the city of Miramar, along with the city of Pembroke Pines, came together um, late in August to address an issue with a current application by Cantor Real Estate to drill oil just five miles west of the city of Myanmar. Now that brings the issue close to home. Drilling right through the Biscayne Aquifer, which, which is a water source for not just Broward County, but Dade County as well, and even up to Palm Beach County. That is alarming that we can even contemplate that there would be oil extracting activities or potential oil extracting activities that would put our drinking source to peril. Um, I think just based on the comments that have been made here today, as well as comments that have come from this dais, that we all are preaching to the choir in terms of us galvanizing support to protect our natural resources. But I want to ring the alarm. I really think we have a serious potential legal battle ahead of us. Because as we speak today, and hopefully once this ordinance has passed, just yesterday, a subcommittee in the State House, State um, Senate, passed Senate Bill 
318 that basically would nullify the passage of this ordinance. And the House bill is soon to come to be approved upon. So what is going to happen when we actually have someone who will attempt to frack and challenge this ordinance? As what was stated back in August, we need to start thinking long-term and to prepare on the potential legal fight that this county, as well as South Florida, may face in terms of anyone challenging our authority to protect our natural resources. Thanks again, and I come in support of this ordinance. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, we now have uh, Jill Aronifson, followed by Commissioner Seipel. I'm here today to thank the commissioners for taking this step in the right direction. Um, I'm not used to speaking before the commissioners of Broward County, but the commissioners of Pembroke Pines know me very well. So do the councilmen in Southwest Ranches. Um, uh, in Southwest Ranches, we have well water, and that's all we have. We do not have a municipality, city water, or otherwise. And other people throughout the state of Florida just turn on their faucet and their water is uh, filtered by the municipality that delivers it. We have a filtering system on our water system, but if anything contaminates our water, we're, we're in deep trouble. And that goes for everybody. I'm not just talking for myself. And thank you for having the insight to take a stand in the state is really very upsetting to all of us now, paying no mind to what our wishes are. So if there is a fight, we will join you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we now have uh, Pembroke Pines Commissioner Iris Seipel, followed by Lorraine Manzi. <clears throat> Good afternoon, Mayor and Honorable Commissioners. Vice Mayor, if you're on, also to you. Um, I'm here today as vice mayor from the city of Pembroke Pines. I was not sent here to represent the city of Pembroke Pines, but I will tell you that our board took action and we do support the ban on this fracking. And we, I'm here today to thank you for your continued support in opposing fracking in the Everglades. You've heard a lot of talk today about some very different subjects, some scientific issues, uh, some other data, some legal, perhaps legal issues. Um, but I want to bring, bring uh, attention to you from a little bit of a different approach. Um, this deep well stimulation is a very bad thing. It is really a serious health and safety issue. Not only does it compromise our precious water supply, but we do not know the long-term health issues to our residents. It is not even public knowledge why chemicals will be used for this fracking. Trade secrets, huh? Well... Will it still be a trade secret when our families, our children, and our grandchildren are now cancer patients? Will there be an increase in the number of birth defects that we must struggle with? Tallahassee should clearly not be part of making this decision for us, for South Florida. What about solar power or wind power as a renewable source of energy? No health or safety issues are related with any of those. Please continue opposing this horrible idea that only those of us in South Florida and perhaps for generations will have to deal with in a most destructive way. Thank you again.
for your opposition, and my city does support you 100% on this, and we will continue to support you. So thank you all. Thank you, Vice Mayor. We now have uh, Lorraine Manzi, followed by Megan Sorbo. Thank you for having me here again. My family and I own homes and businesses here in Broward County. We plan to stay here and possibly open up two more businesses. But will we stay here if drilling and fracking starts? It's the pollution, we don't need more. But the oil companies suffer, suffer from the tobacco industry syndrome. Senator Richter vowed it would provide absolute disclosure of every chemical that goes into the ground. Before it goes into the ground, shouldn't, be the, shouldn't the chemicals be disclosed before they go into the ground? Where's the EPA in all of this? And where is NPR on our fracking issue here? Where is Luis Hernandez on the Florida report? If our governor rubbed elbows with environmentalists instead of those with big bank accounts, Florida would be in better shape. If you have done all your homework, I sure have, and it looks like the boys in Tallahassee has not. Uh, Florida's underground geology, hydrology of springs, caves, caverns, chambers, conduits, rivers, and the karst matrix web, the complex nature of passages shallow to very deep. It's deeper in mid-Florida, shallow near the coast, and the layers are not like a stack of pancakes. It's more like an ant mound underground that is not shown in meetings that I have been to. I have done a lot of homework and my brain is fried. There is a deep water movement, limestone, warm mineral springs, mud springs, to shallow movement of springs water. Uh, pollution can well up from the deep wells to top layers it did in Tampa. They had a deep well injection failure. Salty processed fluids pumped, injected deep below, migrated into shallow water weeks later. So do you think these, those undisclosed poisonous chemicals would do, would do something different? Which comes to the conclusion, oil companies have a bad rep on no cleanups and it's profits over pollution. So please keep drilling fracking away from Florida. We have enough pollution of our waters and it's our only source of natural drinking water. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, we now have Megan Sorbo, followed by Dr. Michelle Gale. Oh. <laughs> Let me actually get started. As a Floridian who loves our amazing diversity of habitat and wildlife, I am here to speak about the distressing issue of exploratory drilling and potential fracking in the Everglades. There is something so special and enchanting about the Everglades. Sadly, this region has a disturbing history. Drainage, canalization, and extreme human exploitation. The restoration of the Everglades must prevail over any human greed. Exploratory drilling and fracking are not good stewardship of such unique, diverse, and vital habitat. These activities are the exact opposite. With increased development and population growth in Florida, the need to protect this land has only grown. The Everglades region is home to hundreds of species of birds, mammals, fish, reptiles, amphibians, and invertebrates who all deserve to live here undisturbed. Would you appreciate your home being invaded by loud and destructive creatures with, with machines? We humans have already taken so much away from our wildlife 
but it is our responsibility to do all we can to protect their needs now more than ever. We are unbelievably fortunate to live near such unique habitat where animals such as the Florida panther, wood stork, snail kite, gopher tortoise, manatee, American crocodile, Everglades mink, plus hundreds more live. The animals I just named are all endangered or threatened, which means human actions have been detrimental to these species in the past. This should mean that we know better by now and act carefully before we cause damage. Besides the habitat and wildlife of the Everglades, we must also think about our aquifer system. The Floridan and Biscayne aquifers provide the only source of drinking water for, south, for southeastern Florida to approximately 10 million people. This is a fragile system that could be easily cracked and contaminated by the dangers of drilling and fracking. Even those who are not interested in wildlife or nature should be very concerned about the potential impact on our aquifer and water supply. It is not a risk worth taking. The needs of the millions of people who rely on this water must take priority over a few people making all kinds of money off of drilling into precious land. Thank you. Nice job. You can clap. <laughs> Megan, we're, we're sending you to Tallahassee to lobby for us. You know? <laughs> We now have uh, Dr. Michelle Gale, followed by Rhonda Roth. How do you like following that? <laughs> Good afternoon, Mayor, Commissioners. Hundreds of peer-reviewed studies have demonstrated that fracking poses significant threats to air, water, health, public safety, climate stability, seismic stability, community cohesion, and long-term economic vitality. Our legislators have been informed of this repeatedly. 68 local governments in Florida have called for a statewide ban. Others have voiced opposition to preemption of home rule. But yesterday, another legislative committee uh, voted in favor of a bill that would preempt home rule and force fracking on Floridians. There was some progress with Senators Oscar Brainin of Broward County and Gwen Margolis of Miami-Dade, both of whom have voted in favor of similar bills in the past, voting no. But Senator Charlie Dean, who opposes fracking in Florida and voted against this bill last week, absented himself. And the other four members, all Republicans, voted yes. In the last six months, the oil and gas industry has lavished $285,000 on our state legislators, not including dark money. This has added fuel to a political crisis that's based on a flawed system of values. The outcome of this crisis will depend on the strength of the movement that rallies behind the human rights and moral claims involved. It's up to each of us to decide whether our integrity is threatened by a legislature that refuses to accommodate the wishes of its constituents, and if so, to work together to turn the situation around. What is democracy, asks Naomi Klein in This Changes Everything, if it doesn't encompass the capacity to decide collectively to protect something that no one can live without? 
Thank you. We now have uh, Rhonda Roth, followed by, followed by Stephen Malagodi. I think I'm too tall. Can you hear me okay? Perfectly. Um, my name is Rhonda Ruff, and I'm a very new resident of Broward County's. And um, uh, Marty, um, you are my rep, and I'm going to learn how to pronounce your last name one of these days. Kiar, Kiar, just call me Marty. Kiar, okay, there <laughs> we go. Just call me Thank Marty. You. <laughs> You're the best. Can I just call you Marty? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We're good. We're good. Yes. Um, well, um, my, my background is as an environmental chemist uh, in New Jersey. I moved to Florida to work on water-related issues, regulatory issues in the Everglades. Um, and I'm very familiar with, with water quality issues, with the, the chemical hazards that exist. And you're very wise for entertaining an ordinance to ban fracking. We don't have confining layers between the, the aquifers in Florida. We have a lot of holes poked through them, even if we did. Wells leak, casings leak, it, it doesn't work. We must protect this, this water supply from the risk of fracking, absolutely. And if not for ourselves, certainly for our children. And I know that our children don't vote, but they will vote and they are going to rely on this resource for a very, very long time, long after we are gone. So for people like Megan, my own daughter who's 13 years old, um, I hope that you will preserve this resource, and uh, I'm actually watching the broadcast of the House session. They're taking up um, Bill 191 right now, arguing that a little bit of extra chemicals are not going to hurt anybody because we already have them uh, around in our industrial zones and in our traffic. I've, I have one ear in each. Um, it, it is not an acceptable argument, not at all acceptable argument to, to put this resource and our children and representative democracy at risk. Thank you. Thank you and well said. We now have uh, Stephen Malagodi, followed by Matthew Schwartz. Good afternoon, my name is Stephen Malagodi. I'm president of 350 South Florida. We have members in Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County. Uh, of course, we are in support of your uh, resolution here today. You've clearly listened to the uh, voice, uh, voices of the people of Broward County. If you went across the county, you would be hard-pressed to find anyone uh, who is in support of uh, oil, ex oil and gas extraction uh, in the Everglades, uh, anyone outside of your mental health facilities, that is. Uh, I was in Tallahassee last week. Uh, trying to speak to representatives there concerning uh, SB 318 and the House bill that would take away uh, local authority. Uh, and just as we expect a just as we expect a positive result here, uh, we're expecting a, a negative result uh, in Tallahassee. Yeah. So members of this commission, in order for this to be more than a symbolic vote, we need you to help us stop oil and gas extraction in the Everglades. We are not here to send a message. We're not here for symbolism. This is part of our ongoing efforts, which will not end today, to stop oil and gas extraction in the Everglades. If this is more than a job to you, if Broward County is more than a seat on the commission and a career path, if you are part of this community, 
then help us actually stop the extraction. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, we now have uh, Matthew Schwartz, followed by Kaplan Ogerby. Good afternoon, commissioners. Hey, man. Um, and everybody behind me who came out today for a little bit of a rally and press conference prior to this hearing. Um, I've been immersed in this project, this field now, for the last three years fairly intensively. Um, people have started law school and graduated in that three-year period. Uh, I should have almost gone that route because I did have to represent myself in a lawsuit in Collier County. Not easy to do against the uh, Dana Hughes Oil Company and the lawyer from the DEP. I learned a whole lot from that immersion. Um, we're going to have to use a lot of science here. This is going to probably go into some kind of litigation or wherever it goes, but hopefully the decisions that have reached on fracking and every other aspect of oil and drilling. I don't think you folks, it's really hard to compensate or, or to comprehend how much drilling is on the table right now. 235,000 acres have been leased in the Big Cypress National Preserve right next door to Broward, Broward County. Just north of the Big Cypress, 100,000 acres to a company called Tokala. Burnett is the company in the Big Cypress. The Dan Hughes Company, who now packed up and went back to Texas, had leased 115,000 acres in most of the important public lands in our region. Um, the Cantor family owns 20,000 acres. We know they're starting with an oil, one oil well. But I'm not, I don't have a lot of time. I have a mountain of material that I could share with you, and I'll try to do that in emails like I did previously. Um, the National Park Service in 1991 did have to do a full environmental impact statement on oil and drilling in the Big Cypress and environmental impacts. We're hearing in Tallahassee, they've been drilling in Florida since 1943 with no impacts. That's not true. That's complete denial of the facts about what oil and drilling do. Geophysical operations, drilling, production, abandonment and reclamation have noise, visual quality impacts, hydrological impacts, water quality, vegetation and soils, air quality and odors, wildlife are impact, and visitors are impacted as well. This is all laid out in the environmental impact statement for the Big Cypress. I'll make sure you have that so as this goes forward, you have that material to draw on. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, now we got uh, Kaplan Ochby, followed by Robin Merrill. It's Kaplan Ochby, thank you. Ochby. Um, I am, I just, I'm going to be brief. I'm not the youngest person who came here, but I'm also not the oldest. Um, and I wanted to uh, echo the concerns of my younger friends who showed up that it appears as though the legislature, the state legislature, is going to sell us out. Um, a lot of folks in those seats up in Tallahassee don't have to live here for the next 40 or 50 years. They can be in and out of um, this existence. But unfortunately, we have to live with the consequences of the decision that's made up there. Uh, I'd also like to say that I'm a third-year law student, and from where I'm sitting, it appears that a constitutional challenge for the state bill is possible, and I would, one, applaud you all for passing this ordinance, but also urge you to gird yourselves for some sort of constitutional battle on uh, the state on the state or, or the state bill, um, and I'm going to leave it at that. I'm. I really hope that you do fight it as much as you can and uh, keep us and uh, two or three of the other folks in this room in mind when you make your decision. Thank you. We now have uh, Robin Merrill, filed by Beverly Lewis Fields. I think. My name is Robin Merrill, and I come to you today to speak about the spiritual aspects of water. 
Water is sacred and water is holy. And I thank you for doing your best to protect it and to keep it pure. Um, we see in Christian scriptures, water being referenced from the first book of Genesis all the way to the end to Revelation. And in Genesis, uh, the breath maker, the breath from the nostrils of God called in Hebrew ruach, blew over the face of the waters on the earth. And that activated all life as we know it. So in the beginning, there was the waters and that pure wind energy uh, from the nostrils of God created the earth. And in the middle of scripture, Jesus referred to himself as the living water. He said, I am the living water, and whoever drinks of me will have those rivers of eternal life coming through you. At the end of scripture, in Revelation, the very, very last chapter uh, in, the, in the Bible, it says that in the throne room of God, there is a crystal blue river of living water, the, the river of life very similar to our river of life, which is the river of grass in Florida, but it's coming down from the throne room of God through the streets of the city. So just visualize that water from the throne room of God through the streets of the city, and that is the river of life. And so that's the spiritual aspect that I'd like you to visualize and pull together as we fight for the purity of our waters, which are our life. Thank you very much, and blessings to you all. Thank you. Um, we now have Beverly Lewis Byfield, followed by Mr. Cavros. Well, I didn't have anything to uh, prepared when I came. I was just wanting to hear what you all had to say. Thank you very, very much for everything that you're trying to do. We really, really appreciate it. But just don't lose your courage. Stick with it. Stick with it because we don't have anybody else except you guys and women. I mean, we really, really, really need you to fight for us on this. And don't forget there's things like Wikipedia. I mean, you live forever. Whatever you do is on Wikipedia. So you want, you want not only for us but for yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's a good thing. It's a very good thing. But thank you very much. And please, just don't stop fighting because it's – it's so crucial, you know, it is so crucial. And I'm, I'm so disappointed that people in Tallahassee would take the stand that they do. What are you going to do? But just don't stop. Thank you. Thank you. We have uh, George Cavros followed by Patrick Kerr. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Thank you for the opportunity to address you today. Uh, my name is George Cavros. I've uh, been an advocate for clean water and clean air and environmentally sensitive lands in the county for well over a decade. I also serve on the Broward Climate Change Task Force and serve for quite some time on the Water Advisory Board Technical Advisory Committee. And I'm, I'm going to keep my, my comments very brief. Um, I'm also guilty of not attending a county commission meeting for several years. Um, but I felt that uh, because today's resolution was up for a vote that I, I needed to be here uh, to speak in support of the resolution, uh, uh, hydraulic uh, fracturing, fracking, well stimulation uh, in western Broward County is a threat. It's a water quality threat uh, to our uh, aquifer. Um, we have the most prolific aquifer 
I believe, in, in the whole world uh, in, in the Biscayne um, Aquifer. And in Broward County, we have the best state, uh, the, the best water quality in, in the whole state, um, both uh, underground drinking water resources as well as surficial waters. And we have this very good water quality because of uh, Broward County's codes and ordinances and resolutions and because you have a very committed staff which uh, over the years has strived to have um, uh, processes and regulations and codes in place that exceed state standards and of course it's be been because of leadership um, here on the dais. So I want to thank you uh, for your leadership in protecting Broward County's water quality and urge you to uh, continue that uh, by uh, passing the resolution that's before you today. Thank you very much. Thank you, and thank you for your service. Um, we now have uh, two speakers left, Patricia Kerr, and last uh, followed by Christopher McVoy. Dr. Christopher McVoy. This is Patrick Kerr. I'm going to read just a very brief statement, and Patrick is also, Patrick Kerr is a board member of South Florida Wildlands Association, and we've known each other for many years of hiking and swamp walking in the Big Cypress. Um, and this is Patrick's statement, allowing fracking anywhere close to the aquifer is insane. In addition to the devastating impacts on the flora and fauna and ecosystem it would cause. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now we have uh, Dr. Christopher McVoy. Thank you. Um, Christopher McVoy, City Commissioner in Lake Worth. I've come down to speak on this issue before. Uh, thank you for the privilege of doing it. And I want to thank all of you very much for the support and interest that you've shown in this. It seems um, pretty clear that I don't need to add any technical content to that. I do obviously have an interest in both the Everglades and South Florida in general, water quality, all those good things. Um, I would like to thank you again for a commitment that I was pleased to hear before to alternative sources of energy, because obviously if we're going to be opposed to natural gas, we better be thinking about something else. So thank you for that. Um, and I would encourage you to go ahead with the idea of the minor change in language of adding acid stimulation to it. I think you could probably work that in. I think that's a smart idea given um, our calcareous substrate. They'll be pretty interested in acid stimulation. So thank you very much for the support. It seems very clear from what we're hearing all around that there's a huge disconnect between what you are courageously doing and what Tallahassee is doing. And I think the comments that were made earlier that this is a very good start and it puts us, puts Broward County on record. I hope Palm Beach County will follow. Lake Worth already has, thank you. Um, but clearly there are going to be fights and the issue of home rule and who really gets to say who does what that affects us very directly. Gird your loins for a big fight, and I, I encourage you, and thank you for your efforts. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, that was... Um, uh, no, I've got one last one. Sure, I'd like you seconds. to pass another resolution, separate from this one, giving Megan two votes in the House, two votes in the Senate Absolutely. on the appropriate committees. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner McVoy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Actually, I'd like to make her a governor. It'd be a much improvement, you know. 
Um, we now have, uh, that was the last uh, speaker, so it's now coming back to the County Commission, and this is Commissioner Furr's ordin ordinance, so we'll start with Commissioner Furr. Thank you. It, it feels a little like Earth Day here today, so. Uh, but I, I, I really appreciate everybody that came out to speak. Very articulate group. Um, we do, I don't need to say much more, to be honest. Um, I, I want to thank the elected officials that came out. Matthew Schwartz and his group have, have made it uh, known throughout the state what we're doing. I appreciate that very much. Uh, unfortunately, I think one of the people mentioned that at this very moment in Tallahassee, they are voting whether to preempt us or not, as we speak. So I'm, I want to get this vote done. I want to actually, I want to pass this vote before they pass theirs. Um, I will just one second. Um, well, actually, Jason Lichty had a half hour presentation ready to go. Just kidding, but he's not going to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, government exists really for, for a reason. Uh, or a couple reasons, and it comes down to really almost two things, justice and sanitation. <laughs> That's it. Think about it. They all, if, if you, you'll touch base with almost those two things, water falls under one of these. And we, today we're going to be doing everything we can to protect our water supply. That's really what it comes down to. Um, I, they can do what they're going to do in Tallahassee, but it's our job as elected officials. This is our, this is our, our job to, to protect the health and welfare of our citizens. It's really what it comes down to. Today we're going to do this. I make a motion that we ban fracking in Broward County. Um, Chip. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not putting the amendment in, and I'm, and I'm going to explain why. There, within, in, in number five, it actually says any form of extreme well stimulation, and I think that's going to cover that. So I'm not going to uh, add that to it. I think it, Ms. Uh, Michael Owens did a very good job on, on writing this, and I think we're going to stick with what we got. We need to amend it later. We will. Great. Okay. Commissioner Lamarca. <clears throat> I agree that uh, Mr. Manley, Elijah Manley, and uh, Megan Sorbo, you have a future in public speaking. Um, you know, I want, I want to point out the obvious. We are a petroleum-dependent country. Fracking is a scientific process of extracting energy resources from deep beneath the earth. Uh, we all know the process. Uh, I don't know that I didn't didn't. He have not heard the idea that there are trade secrets, but we heard the same thing when we had Uber here. Uh, the process, as we know, has been successful in the, in the Dakotas, Rust Belt, America Southwest. Having spent a number of years in the environmental industry myself, I'm aware of levels of benzene, toluene, ethyl benzene, xylene, already in the water table from our use, from our petroleum tanks, things like that. Um, also very aware that our Biscayne, and our deeper Floridan aquifer are already being damaged by saltwater intrusions, uh, other things. It doesn't take a rocket science to figure out that if we have sinkholes and houses falling into sinkholes, it probably has something for uh, something to do with us destroying the structural integrity of the the uh, geologic makeup beneath that. Um, one of the things I know about Broward County, having been here since 1971, is and our, our surrounding communities, is that wildlife and our natural resources are dependent on our eighth wonder, as Mr. Uh, Commissioner Bergeron, Ms. Alligator Ron, would tell us about the Everglades. The Everglades is, is not every, it's not every county's, but it's certainly ours and, and uh, a big part of the state of Florida from, from uh, Lake Okeechobee down to, uh, down south of us. And I would tell you, I participated in Leadership Florida class two years ago, and that, that is a, a program where you go around the state and you meet people from all different uh, disciplines, backgrounds, everything uh, from education, 
and literacy to homelessness and, and other things. And the one thing that, uh, the, of all the knowledge that was shared, the one thing that stuck with me and really all of our uh, classmates is that our number one most valuable resource in Florida is not our sand, it's not our exposure to the sun, uh, but it's our water. And I would, I would say that we are all, you've heard everybody here, we had a lot, all, everybody on the same side of this issue. Uh, you've, you've heard and expect everyone on the dais to be on the same side of the issue. Um, I would say that not in, everyone in Tallahassee is ignorant to this issue. Uh, I would say that our speaker, uh, Steve Christopoli, who lives in, uh, on Merritt Island and is an agro-business uh, agro person, spent his entire uh, life and four generations before him in agriculture, understands it. He had been advocating for a lot of our water issues with Amendment 1. Um, so I would, I would just caution uh, all the anti-capitalist, anti-Republicans that had the comments. I am supporting this. We ha all have to value our resources. But I would just say that if we're going to go to Tallahassee, we can't walk up there and punch them right in the face. We have to go up and sit down at a table and have a conversation. Um, and Commissioner Furr, I would say that if the government is about justice and water, I would argue that water uh, is both. So um, with that, this is the fourth, third or fourth time today that I'm supporting you. I don't know what it is about your, your persuasive behavior, but I'm all on board. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Bogan and then Commissioner Holness. Um, I got a quick question, uh, uh, Commissioner Furr. Um, no, no, no. I, I'm totally in support of uh, 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 my understanding, though, was adding the words "acid stimulation" might make uh, some make it uh, bro more broad. I don't know if that's possible. And you, I guess you don't want to do that, correct? I don't think there's a need for it. And I, I talked with our county attorney. Okay, I and, just and we looked at it uh, where on line 15 it says any form of extreme well stimulation. So we're thinking that is going to we're hoping that is um, at, uh, encompass that what was considered. So I think we're okay. And lastly, to all the great people who came to speak today, you, you know, you're talking about courage. Um, I ask you to be courageous and find out who in Tallahassee is voting, you know, for this. Look them up, and your your power's in the ballot box. So uh, take your time and energy and uh, use it where it can be helpful. Thank you. Commission, Commissioner Holmes and Commissioner Wexler. Thank you very much, Commissioner Furr, for your leadership on this. Uh, and, and to the leaders that came from Pembroke Pines in Miramar, I was down there with them this August. Uh, and the uh, reflection of the voices that we heard here today uh, was present. Uh, it's great to see that our future is in good hands. Megan and Elijah, good to have you here. We know that we're going to be protected. <coughs> this, this is a critical issue for us. Uh, in, in South Florida and Broward County. And, and, and I can't understand why anyone who is elected to re represent the people don't get that they ought to represent the people, not themselves, not some special interest. Uh, I'm glad that we have uh, such a great body here that understands that clearly, uh, that we're here to protect you and us at the same time. Uh, to ensure that we, we build a stronger, better community. Again, I commend you, uh, Commissioner, for, for leading on this. Oh, Commissioner Wexler. Yes, I was just curious, and I don't know the answer. Maybe somebody in the audience or maybe a staff member knows. Have the Seminoles or the Miccosukee taken any position on this? 
I don't know the answer. So, so and Commissioner Fur, do you know the answer? No. 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 Yeah. So, could someone answer that question? Um, Mayor? Absolutely. Uh, there seem to be a lot of hands up. Maybe the doctor Dr. with the red stuff up. on her head. Oh. That thing. You. <laughs> could you could you stand up so we can't and I think Dr. Harado might have something to say as well. Somebody. Yeah. Because I don't know the answer to that one. The good news is that the Miccosukee tribe who lives along the corridor where all this oil operations are occurring, they submitted official comments against the proposal of Burnett Oil for seismic testing on 770,000 acres in the Big Cypress Preserve. They are against that seismic testing, of course, is to locate oil reserves for, of course, future oil operations. So they are against it. Also, Bobby C. Billy, Betty Osceola, and John Carlos Bob knows some others. There's a group of members, but also the three indigenous communities, the independents, the Miccosukees, and the Seminoles. I would say that you'd have to look for their public comments individually, but also collectively as a tribe, they did submit comments against the seismic testing at least. Okay. But they have they as a tribe at, submitted resolutions opposing or just public statements yeah. and Betty Osceola you have to uh, come um, over you have to come to the yeah. uh, you, you have to come closer to the Betty microphone. Osceola with the Panther um, clan she was just up in Tallahassee and she spoke with Senator Richter personally and Senator Bullard against these bills 318 and 191 so um, I can just tell you, speak to your issue of, well, how the tribes, yes, the Miccosukee tribe has come out against the seismic testing. The See, because they have to actually submit comments on official permits. And so that would be the Burnett Oil Company permit. So they wrote their official comments and sent them off to the DEC. The Seminole tribe um, representatives met with me last week, so that's why I'm particularly interested in that answer to that question. Have, do you know if they've passed a resolution in opposing this? Not, uh, I don't know about the Seminole tribe. I know about the Miccosukee because um, even the permit that we're talking about here in Miramar flows into their environment. So any spill-off will flow into Miccosukee's land. So it is a problem. They have submitted letters. Like she said, Betty Asciola, she's actually in the building, and I've been responding, yeah, corresponding for Listen, either you know that the tribe's council has passed resolutions opposing it or not. I'm not talking individually, but it has a lot more standing, just like this board. Absolutely. When we do it I as will a board, get you and actually okay. try to forward you that information. Okay. I appreciate that. So Dr. Harado, did you have any we, information? I think uh, I saw Dr. Harado leave a second ago. Oh, she left? Yeah. What you're asking for, Commissioner, what, it's, it's posted online. So the Miccosukee um, yes. document is posted online at lovetheeverglades.org. Oh. And later I will send you the link. Does the Seminole tribe have a resolution? I don't know that. Okay. Dr. Harado, do you, would you like to say a couple words? Do you know whether or not the uh, Seminoles and the Miccosukees have taken a public stand in opposition no, to this? Sorry, I don't know that. Okay. If you could find out for us. Oh, thank you. And um, I just wanted to quickly add, you know, having served in Tallahassee for six years and also with the bill sponsor, who I, can, I consider a friend, even though I disagree adamant with, adamantly with him on most of his public policy positions. Um, this to me, there are two big issues. The first is banning fracking in Broward County. I want to thank uh, Commissioner Furr for his great leadership on this matter. He brought this to our attention. 
he is the person that I think up here that deserves the most credit for getting this through and for, giving, for having Broward County take a position banning fracking within our confines. So thank you for that, Commissioner Furr. The other issue that makes me the most angry is, once again, this is Tallahassee basically trying to take away local control from local governments. They've done this on a number of issues, whether it was regulating firearms or others, but to me, this one is the most egregious. And that's because you're dealing with oil drilling and fracking in the Everglades, in our communities, and the people that know Broward County the most are the people that live here, are the local elected officials. And what Tallahassee's trying to do right now is truly egregious. And I hope, I have a feeling that this very bad bill is gonna pass the legislature. I have a feeling that our governor is gonna sign it. And I hope if it does, I do hope that this board has a discussion uh, about taking any appropriate legal remedies that we may that may be available to us at that time. Um, with that said, I believe that uh, everybody has spoken. Uh, oh, Commissioner Markman. I don't, we, nobody can uh, verify one way or the other on the Seminoles, but um, I don't think the governor would, would jeopardize $3.1 billion in a compact over a bad environmental policy. I mean, he has a pen and he can, he, he, he has no problem vetoing a lot, a lot of things that he doesn't agree with. And they're not always things that you, you believe that he would or wouldn't. Um, certainly if this gets through the legislature, I think that's when we need to make our, our push to say, hey, you know, that, but, but we, I think you need the Seminoles to, to come out uh, in opposition of it. Absolutely. Well said. And if it does get through, we're sending you up, Commissioner Marco. <laughs> um, with that said, there has been a, uh, a motion and a second. Uh, all those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed, show the item passes unanimously. Thank you all for coming. So you all did the, uh, the clapping and not the jazz hands when I can't throw you out anymore. That's <laughs> smart. <laughs> Great job. Um, uh, oh, thank you, everybody. Uh, wait a minute. Number two. Oh, the public hearing for item number two is now open. There are no public speakers wishing to be heard on this item. Is there anybody from the county commission who would like to be heard? Is there a motion? So move. Is there a second? All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, show the item passes unanimously. The public hearing for item number three is now open. There are no public speakers, speakers wishing to be heard in this item. Uh, has, does anybody from the county commission wish to be heard? Is, all in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, show the item passes unanimously. The public hearing for item number four is now open. There are no public speakers on this matter. Is there anybody from the County Commission wishing to speak? All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, show the item passes unanimously. The public hearing for item number five is now open. We have one uh, speaker, uh, probably for questions only. It's uh, Dennis Mealy. Mr. Mealy, are you here for questions only? Yes. Uh, other than that, there is nobody else. Anybody on the dais wish to speak? Commissioner Wexler. I, I just want to thank Mr. Mealy for meeting with me and for the staff for providing the information and to also recognize that the um, study that was done um, is very much in conjunction with Meridian Report, which is the methodology that we're looking to um, adopt or transmit on our next agenda item. Um, I, I, I'm, I just wanted to say thank you to you publicly. Great. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan. 
Mr. Mealy, if you could come to the podium for just a moment. I met with you yesterday to discuss um, your proposal for development in the city of Miramar, and obviously we had a discussion on the affordable housing element, and you mentioned that um, initially the study on affordable housing had indicated that there wasn't a need uh, with this development and that um, the county required you to go back and take the data on um, the supply of low-income, very low-income and moderate housing in the city and measure it uh, against uh, the development that um, is before us this afternoon. And you indicated that under the um, supplemental analysis with the Meridian study that, that your development still indicated that there was not a need for additional affordable housing. So can you explain the data that was utilized? Sure. Um, we uh, retained, well, the city of Miramar retained at our expense a consultant to do the affordable housing study. Uh, the consultant did that study, uh, submitted it to the county. The county staff asked them to go back and revise the study in light of the Meridian report, which had recently come out. Um, so that's what they did. Um, they went back and added the factors in that Meridian used in their analysis for Broward County. In other words, did the same methodology Meridian did which is what I understand as part of your next agenda item. Uh, once the staff received that, they said that uh, the only category that we had a shortfall, it was a small shortfall, was in the very low income rental category. So then they asked the city to advise the county what things the city was doing to address that. And the city talked about the various programs that they have in place. They also reported on affordable housing developments that have already been built in Miramar. And at that point, uh, the county staff said that they satisfied policy 10707. All right, the, um, the data source that's used in the Meridian um, analysis of affordable housing, uh, it speaks to uh, data that is mined or, or derived from the American Fact Finder homepage. How, what, what data do, from American Fact Finder, um, the homepage, is different than the, um, the data that you utilized in your initial affordable housing analysis? Well, there's a number of different data sources. Uh, some people use the, the Case-Shiller Index. There's also a number of private uh, reporting services that we typically use, that we've used in the past. Uh, in the past, those sources were acceptable, but now that you're zeroing in on a specific methodology, uh, we just went back and looked at the same things that Meridian looked at uh, to verify that we had met all the requirements of the county policy. All right, so as, as a, um, a longstanding expert in, in land use with the county, let me ask you the easy question. Do you think that the methodology in the uh, Meridian affordable housing analysis is uh, an appropriate methodology to utilize in determining uh, affordable housing needs in Broward County? Um, I have no basis for saying it's not. All right. That was so lawyerly. I mean, it, you you get on law review for that one. Thank you, Mr. Mealy. Any other questions for me? <laughs> Thank you very much. No, don't ask one too many questions. May I move it for approval? Okay. All in favor, say aye. Aye. All opposed. 
So the item passes unanimously. The public hearing for item number six is now open. There are no public speakers wishing to be heard on this matter. Uh, anybody from the county commission wish to be heard? Uh, Ms. Henry. Second. <laughs> All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Uh, show the item passes uh, seven to one. Commissioner Sharif, are you on the phone? Ms. Sharif is not. Um, so with that said, uh, we... Six to one. Six to one. Oh, six to one. Oh, seven to one. Uh, uh, with that said, uh, there is one quick item I'd like to bring up before we adjourn. Um, the, I think one of the most important decisions that we're going to have to make as a body very soon is to determine who our airport director is. I think a number of us, and Ms. Henry has been nice enough to have brought a gentleman around so that we can meet this person and, uh, uh, and we can vet this person. But pursuant to the county charter, that's one of the specific people that we're required uh, uh, to vet and approve. And so what I'd like to do, and I was speaking quickly to the county attorney about it, but I think we're doing some legal research. Um, I think there are provisions in the charter with regard to the airport director that give us the ability to convene a special committee uh, so that we can really, really vet this person uh, and, and, you know, and really ensure that this person is the one that's most appropriate for our airport. Uh, there are only a few uh, charter folks that we get that ability to do, and the airport and the port director, I think they're the only two, and so I think that we should exercise that, and I believe based on the history of the county commission, I think that has been done before. And so it's something that I uh, would like to, to ask the county commission as to their thoughts, if, if there would be support for me on that solely for the airport director. Uh, yes, of course, Commissioner Ritter. Thank you. Um, as, one of, as one of only two county commissioners that were here when we hired mm -hmm. Mr. George, um, that process was really painful uh, and um, the fact that we had done a national search and then convened this committee didn't assist the process one bit. Um, in fact, it probably did the opposite. Um, and I have had a chance to speak to Ms. Henry's choice yesterday. Um, I spent quite some time with him and Mr. Kelleher. I, I know others have as well. Um, after having reviewed his resume and spoken to him for some 30 minutes and had um, a chance to determine his vision for uh, Broward County Airport, I don't think, I don't feel the need to do that. Um, I think that if you have questions, then you can speak to Ms. Henry um, at your, um, at, a, at a mutually convenient time and place. If you want to speak to the to candidate himself, that opportunity presents itself. But I, for one, am, am convinced that Ms. Henry has done her due diligence, has gone through a process of uh, a thoughtful process, a deliberative process, and has chosen um, an aviation director that will move Broward County's airport forward. So uh, my colleagues can do whatever they wish, but I will not, I will not take part in, in such a, um, a convening of a committee because I think that the process has worked um, and her choice is acceptable to me. So y'all can do what you want, but I can promise you that you won't get any additional information that you would have gotten if you've spoken to the gentleman one-on-one -on -one or if you speak to Ms. Henry one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, sure, um, we'll go around the dais. We'll start with uh, 
with Commissioner Bogan and then basically come around. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with Commissioner Ritter. Um, and looking at his resume, you've got a chief executive officer of a national airport, international airport for seven years. Then he's deputy director of, of airport operation facilities for nine years, manager of airport operations for four years, on and on. I mean, the, the, the resume provided is, is pretty substantial, pretty, very credible. And, um, you know, if, if there's a problem, obviously it can always come back to the commission. But, um, you know, I think that we have to have some faith in, in our staff in the vetting process, especially when you look at his resume. I mean, uh, uh, it's, it's pretty uh, incredible resume. And so I'm going to agree. Uh, I don't believe there is a need. I uh, think we got a great candidate. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Holness. Yes. If it were that our administrator had only sought one person, then I would say yes. But over the past month or so, uh, she had spoken to me, and I'm sure to the rest of you, about her travels, her uh, search. Uh, though it wasn't a public search, uh, there was a search, a national search, conducted by our staff, headed by uh, our county administrator. And, and the sheet that you just were handed tells you there were seven candidates that were looked at. Uh, so it wasn't one person that she went out and said, we're going to plug this one person out of a hat, and, 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 and uh, it, it was just handed to us. Yes. That's no, that's not it's his a, resume. It's a it was a update. memo. It's a memo from Bertha. It should, it should. It was sent oh, around. I mean, it stopped it's, uh, it it's stopped at my desk. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. It stopped me. Yeah. I was kind of holding so it's, up. It's not Miss Henry's fault. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, looking at when he met with him, he left a copy. Going through uh, the gentleman's resume, you'll find that he has spent a very long time in the industry, uh, serving at almost every level. Uh, and I spent 45 minutes with him yesterday. And in fact, I was in a hurry to leave. Uh, but uh, when they came in, I put him through a long list of questions as to his understanding of what's happening here at our airport, uh, the skill sets that he brought with him, his abilities to move uh, the construction that we have on the way. He has done that, where he's coming from in, in Philadelphia. Uh, his connection to the industry and his vision. And, and again, 45 minutes, not lightweight questions, very, very direct, very, very much to the point. Uh, as to what we ought to be looking to do and what he has done and, and, and how he'll be able to manage this uh, airport that is such a vital economic engine for us in Brock County. And uh, I am convinced that uh, we're going to get someone of quality who has the skill sets in order to be able to move uh, this forward. And again, it wasn't one candidate. There was many candidates over a period of time that were vetted and talked to uh, to come to the conclusion of this one person. Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. And 
I, I, I would say there are 3,069 counties in the United States. We are not only in the top 100, we're probably in the, the, the top uh, 20 in size, scope, and what we do. And if we were a business, we'd be a Fortune 100 business. And we look to our executive to make these decisions. And if you, if you, look, at, uh, you look at the memo that was sent out, uh, she looked at seven candidates. It's worth, worth noting that on the, menu, the memo that four white males, two white females, and one black female. Uh, she is certainly uh, having spent time, the time with uh, Mr. George in the projects that we've done and the, the types of things we've dealt with, the expansion of the runway, uh, all those things able to, to make that assessment of, this, of the person. That being said, uh, I think they tried to make, he tried to make uh, meetings probably with most of us. Um, I asked questions as uh, did Commissioner Holness um, about our projects. You know, what do you, what do you see of the of the, the work that Mr. George and his uh, competent staff have, have uh, gotten us through? Uh, what's left? What did you ask them about the rental facility, where it is, with the people mover, different things that we you know we've all been talking about. What were his experiences? And and uh, I got uh, very direct answers to my questions. Um, and considering that I'm a Dallas fan and he's, a, he's from Philly, I'm at, I had to excuse that. And then I asked him, hoagies or, or subs? And he said, hoagies, so we, we split it at one and one. Um, no, but I, I, I've, honestly, I found him, if you look at his resume, Embry-Riddle, um, not going to find, you know, you're not going to find a, a better place to start that type of career. And he, he's literally uh, had a, a well-rounded uh, career, as did Mr. George. And you look at that and say, all right, well, this, this is... This is a good fit, and look, if Bertha's, if Bertha's uh, confident with it, then I have confidence in her, so I'd like to uh, support everyone else who would like to move forward. Well, let me just add one thing. When we did the port director a few years ago, that, that process, ultimately it's a process that our administrator is going to make that decision, but in an informal setting, we were able to ask certain questions. We hadn't started the uh, master vision plan. We just had a plan on paper. And we had a lot of questions as to how the how one of these two gentlemen that were presented to us again in a casual setting, just asking questions. My questions were, were very simple: what, what is your experience with with the Army Corps of Engineers? Do we just write out the process and follow the red tape, uh, or do or is there something you would do differently? And I asked both gentlemen the same thing. One was from Houston, one was from Galveston. One had spent time in Miami. Ultimately, we, I I chose I put my support behind the person who actually said, we'll do whatever it takes to get a permit out of, out of Washington, D.C., and now we have a permit. So I, I think it's, it's important for us to, uh, to realize that this project that Mr. George has done for many, many years is in the, uh, you know, it's, it's in the third quarter, and they can, you know, that whoever comes in, certainly with, with uh, his construction staff, can wrap those projects up. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Ryan. I always suspected that Commissioner Lamarca was a, a hoagie fan. So thank you for confirming that. The, the memo uh, confirms that, um, that our county administrator uh, went through a thorough analysis of the uh, prospective um, uh, applicants for, um, for this position. And it's important to note that if the aviation director or the Port Everglades director was to fail, at, at any of their tasks. In this you know, strong county administrator form of government, 
It's our county administrator that is ultimately responsible. So Bertha knows she'd have hell to pay if she selected or recommended a real slacker or somebody that wasn't otherwise qualified for the position. In my discussions with um, our prospective new aviation director, um, I found it interesting that the airport of which he's been director for the last nine years is one that is quite similar to the uh, Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport in Dania Beach. In particular, it's a small footprint. Um, it's about one-third larger than our airport, but, you know, when you talk about uh, expansion on such a, a small, almost like a postage stamp-sized airport footprint, um, you really have to be innovative, and that is something that, that he was successful with in Philadelphia. The Philadelphia area airport is constrained by water on one side, I-95 on another side, and a residential development to the north. Uh, that's particularly important because as we have opened the south runway, we're having continued issues on uh, flight paths and its effect on the residents um, in southeast Fort Lauderdale and southwest Fort Lauderdale, in western Dania Beach, and in the town of Davie, and uh, in some portions of North Hollywood. So all of those areas um, are represented within my district, so I hear frequently from uh, residents that are understandably concerned about how the new flight pass will uh, affect their quality of life and the value of their homes. Uh, I discussed this matter at length uh, with our applicant, and uh, he seemed to understand quite well what the implications are and had made a commitment uh, to make an effort to uh, alleviate those impacts as best as possible. Uh, that goes as far as the, uh, uh, the sound insulation program, the conveyance and release, the sales assistance, um, the uh, control of the flight pass, hours of operation. These are a lot of things that he seemed to have a, a strong grasp on. So overall, I, I see the applicant is very strong. Uh, I don't think we need to go any further with the analysis. So uh, I would suggest that we not um, create a committee to do further work on this matter. Okay. Commissioner Wexler. Yeah, thank you. Um, first of all, this is the... Um, second time I guess that I've gone through airport director search and the second and certainly the seaport um, both of those times it was and whatever I'm going to share with you colleagues I've already shared with um, Miss Henry um, I asked for this in writing yesterday so having asked for this in writing yesterday and having you hold things up over there it was like okay where is this document of the process that you actually went through um, both of those other processes, Port Everglades as well as FLL, were extremely transparent and public. And the community got an opportunity to actually meet with the community being business leaders um, as well as elected officials um, with them in a social environment to see um, how, they, how they handled themselves, Q&A, um, Certainly, the press does a very thorough background check, not just criminal background check, but all kinds of <coughs> things, as we know they do so well as checking with their counterparts in wherever someone comes from. 
that was not part of this. When Ms. Henry spoke to me a little over a month ago, as I'm sure she spoke to each and every one of you to give you an update, there were two people that were being considered. So I was very surprised when the phone call came for a request for an appointment that there would be one candidate that I would be meeting with. But right now, there's one candidate. Mayor, you asked about the authority and whether the commission was at all interested in convening, which we've done twice before, this committee through the charter, which allows the commission to, to participate under the direction of the mayor. We had a pool then. We don't have a pool now. We have one. I don't know when you're planning on bringing a nomination forward, if it's at the next meeting or the meeting after that. Whenever that is, I'm sure that I will have had more than enough opportunity to do my Google background searches of this individual, as I'm hoping everyone does, as I'm sure the press will have done as well. Just like they've done to every single candidate in the past for these high profile positions that we have in the county. So I don't know that it does us any good to convene this committee for one individual. I don't believe that when it was put in the charter it was ever for that type of a purpose. I think it was to actually look at candidates, plural. And, and so I don't, I don't, I think that for me I spent over a half an hour with him yesterday um, resumes are really a wonderful thing. Um, they usually demonstrate the individual's strengths. You would never expect to see anything but that in a resume. So I look forward over the course of the next week or so for there to be whatever comes forward to come forward and maybe when that name comes forward, if it's not beforehand that I get to ask the individual, is this true, is that true, was this raised, was that, you know, whatever's raised, because I don't have that information right now. I just have the lovely resume that was submitted by him in an envelope yesterday. And with that, I don't see what purpose it would, um, it would be to have us serve on a committee at this point since all of the heavy lifting was done with, by two people really, county administrator and the aviation director. And then a committee interviewed two people. Makes sense. Thank Com you. Commissioner Burke. Thank you. Um, I also had a chance to meet with him and had a lot of questions for him. And I was satisfied with the questions I answered. I appreciate what Commissioner Wexler is saying here because in, in other times when we've done executive searches, normally it is a pool of people and you have a, you know, you, uh, the, the headhunter, they come to you and they give you all the different um, things. That, that's not going to be the case in here. Uh, I, I have actually, uh, I'm, I'm going to put my faith in, in your selection on this. And, and I know you've been all over the country um, talking with people and, and looking to see the, for the best candidate. And I think uh, Ken George has been, you know, with you helping, helping on that. I don't think we're going to be able to have that kind of experience. Um, we, can, we can meet in a room and try to have a little experience, but that's, n that's not going to compare to what I think that they have already been through. So in this case, I, I'm going to decline this. I think in the future, your idea is, is a good one, but it needs to be more on the forefront, mm -hmm. not, a, not in the back end when it's one person. I agree. So right now I'm, I'm, I'm going to accept the... Well, and, and that makes sense. I, I, just, I really wanted to bring this up to the county commission because I started thinking about it last night, 
And the only reason I felt I fought with this particular issue is there are only two people, really. Commissioner Ryan, you said at the end of the day, the buck stops with the administrator. In most situations, that's the case, whether it's a library director or something of that nature. That, that's Ms. Henry, and uh, she gets to make these appointments, and we, we get to meet there. And I have tremendous faith in Ms. Henry. I think she, can, she vets folks very, very well. What concerned me solely about this pick was, at the end of the day, the buck stops with us because we're the ones under the county charter that really are the folks that are responsible for picking the airport director. And that's the only reason I wanted to do it with, with this issue. And so what I'm hoping then is, I mean, I guess when I spoke to Ms. Coffey, uh, I don't have the unilateral authority to call a committee. It has to be the county commission. And at the same time, I wouldn't do it unless there was a consensus anyways. Um, I met with the gentleman yesterday too. I was very, very impressed. I think he'll do, I, I, was, I really enjoyed uh, his perspective. But I do hope though, that when he does come before us, that we ask him a whole lot of public inquiry questions. I mean, I'd like to know why he left Philadelphia. I wanna know a whole bunch of stuff and then we make our choice. Because I still think at the end of the day, it's important for the county commission to vet this gentleman the best that we can because on this particular appointment, the buck stops with us. Uh, with that said, thank you all very much, uh, and we'll, let's, uh, we're adjourned. <laughs>